Welcome back to another episode of the Athlete Ready Global Podcast. It's episode 22. Today's guest is none other than Coach Cece Murray. Cece is a speed and performance coach in Southern California, and she will be sharing her story on how she got into the industry, along with some of the challenges she's had to overcome, mostly within herself. She's grown tremendously the last few years and gives a lot of credit to her mentors. To see someone excelling in coaching that did not have much experience as an athlete herself is absolutely incredible. She's going to have a bright future in the industry. She also has a digital product on speed development with bands called the What, Why, and How of Banded Acceleration Drills that will be linked in the show notes on the podcast or in the description below if you see this interview on YouTube. It's only $10, which is a steal. If you're looking to add a few tools to the toolbox, make sure to get this product. And lastly, if you haven't already make sure to like and subscribe to the podcast as well as find us on the athlete ready global youtube you're not going to want to miss this episode this podcast is brought to you by athlete ready global a community platform and programming software for you strength conditioning coaches and personal trainers to host your online clients that saves you a bunch of time helps you coach more people and create more freedom check out athletereadyglobal.com to sign up for your free seven-day trial now on to the episode how are you doing i'm great how are you pretty pretty long day Always. Always, huh? Okay, so tell me earlier. So you so you're in Phoenix right now or you're in Arizona, correct? No. So I was in Phoenix this or I was in Tucson. I was in Tucson last weekend. Okay. So we're basically at all these cities for like two days at a time. So basically we partner with like we call the speed labs. Um and basically they're like our partner facility. So they adopt our speed management system and then use like our testing process. Okay. Um, we flip the data and give it back to them in profile form. And then they kind of carry out the training from there. So basically we have like 11 right now across the US. And so we're kind of trying to like hit all those stops right now to like promo them, hype that area up, hopefully filter some people into them for like the testing and the training. Um, and then just kind of create like a good community in all those spots. Absolutely. So you're in Tucson and then where do you go from, from there? So I got back from Tucson, um, Sunday night. And then we do have a break this weekend in events, at least not a break for my schedule, but, um, we have a break of events this weekend. And then the weekend after this will be in Chicago. Wow. Okay. And then that finishes out the tour or? Oh, no, <laughs> no, no. Um, so, so you're going until when? Uh, we have every weekend until August. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So that's a lot of traveling. It is a lot of traveling. It's a lot of traveling. It's fun though. You know, um, it's really like a, like I said, it's such like a community thing and you know, we're able to not only connect with the athletes, but like we invite the coaches to come out and they can observe and ask questions. And so we'll usually do like a presentation with them afterwards. And, you know, ideally want to get them kind of like on our system as well, if we can. Um, Again, we're, we give out free game all day, every day. So it's like, we don't want any competition. We don't want any type of, you You know. You just want to educate and help and empower. That's it. Absolutely. So I want to get into your story even before you got into sport performance, kind of growing up, if you were an athlete or not an athlete, 
tell me about yourself from the very beginning. Sure. So I've always been around sports. Um, my grandpa played professional baseball. So, and my dad played baseball, my brother played baseball. So I kind of was, um, I was like a baseball fan when I was young. And so I always was like, oh, I'm going to be the athletic trainer for the angels. You know, that was my, that was my whole spiel when I was younger, but, um, I was an, I was a mediocre athlete at best. Uh, we, I played volleyball. So in a sport that didn't focus on speed at all. Um, and then into college, I, I studied like pre-physical therapy. So I worked in a physical therapy office for five years or so. And I just realized it was just not fast paced enough for me. Um, I'm grateful for every opportunity. I'm grateful for my old boss there. He really laid out a good foundation for me and, and taught me, you know, good structure and, and everything like that. So again, grateful for that experience, but it just kind of, um, propelled me to be more involved, um, in football specifically when I was there, you know, we, um, we had all the high schools in that area that would come to us for any injuries or anything like that. So anytime, you know, a, a football player would come in, he was just like, oh, you just take them. And th this is all in Southern California, correct? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, so I just kind of like inched my way in slowly. I was just like, you know, I, I love being on a football field. I love being out in, you know, a, a high, high pace environment, a fast paced environment. And so I just kind of annoyed people and asked a bunch of questions and, you know, asked if I can sit in on a practice and um, asked if I can, you know, sit in on them teaching route trees and stuff like that. I just wanted to learn more. So I ended up uh, coaching like a seven on seven football team, which was really fun Sweet. for me. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, that was that was really fun. And then, like I with, said, with high school was, kids. Yeah, with high oh, school. Oh, that, that has to be fun. Yeah. So, um, you know, the, the buy-in process is a little bit different with younger athletes. I've, I feel like I've been getting that question a lot, like, Oh, what's your buy-in? You know, you work with all these pros and I'm like, those are the easy ones. That's, you know, them buying into me is actually easy. I can joke around, you know, and, and, you know, talk to them in the same manner that I would, you know, talk to my friends. So it's, it's easier with them. It's actually more focus comes in when it comes to the younger athletes, because, they're not used to seeing a girl. They're not taking a girl seriously until, you know, they know that she knows what she's talking about. And I don't mind that. I don't, you know, I don't take offense to that or anything like that, but it's definitely just more of a process and a, and a gradual phase with them to, to be more like, Oh, I trust her, yeah. you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah, I happened to uh, be working at a, like a sports rehab training facility. And that's when I met Les. So he brought one of his NFL guys in there that I was working with. And, you know, he was just like, Hey, love your work. Super cool. Um, you know, let me know if you ever want to come say what's up. You know, I know, you know, a bunch of my guys out here. And so I ended up not working there anymore. And I called Les up and I was like, Hey, like just wanted to reconnect. He was like, cool. Pull up at, um, you know, this field tomorrow <laughs> at four thirty in the morning and just say what's up. I was like, okay, cool. And you know, that was two years ago and I just never stopped working with him since. So it's been a, it's been a journey though, like trying to find my place and my voice within this space. And I'm so grateful for Les because he has consistently asked me like, what do you want? Where do you want to be? What space do you want to be in? And has just continued to pressure me, um, continue to, uh, you know, just create these spaces for me where I really feel like I belong and that I'm getting a niche in. And there's, it's been a, 
it's been a learning curve. I've had a lot of bad reps. I've had a, made a lot of mistakes. Um, but now I'm finally kind of getting to that point where I'm, you know, gaining more confidence and, you know, really feel like I have a lot of support as well. Absolutely. So, I mean, uh, most speed coaches, they have a background in strength conditioning, whatever. So I don't want to just label you, oh yeah, just a speed coach. Cause I know you do a lot more than that, but what is it about speed that just like really fascinates you? Because I mean, on your Instagram, it just like on your social media, it just like screams speed and agility. And it's awesome. I mean, cause there's not many females in that space that are doing that, or at least I don't know of a lot of them. And I know quite a bit of coaches in, in the yeah. country. So what is it about it, about speed in particular that just fascinates you? Um, so really, I, I feel like speed is still so new and untouched. Like I said, when I was in high school, there, there really wasn't speed coaches. I played volleyball and the only thing we did for speed is they would make us run a lap if we did something wrong, you know? So uh -huh. there's still so much to be uncovered and like I said, Les is an absolute genius. And when I met him and saw how passionate he was about it and how supportive he was, and again, just kind of learning something new, I'm always up for a challenge. And it was, like I said, it was something I really haven't um, tapped into a lot. And so I, I put my head down. I got to work. I did a lot of research, did a lot of practice. I failed a lot. Um, but now, you know, it's like, we're, we're, covering these bases that people just aren't really talking about or you know we're taking stuff from principles from 50 years ago and just applying them now and and adding our flair to it and you know backing it with science that's really it like our company kind of is, is set apart because everything we do is data driven you know everything we do is gps it's lasers it's you know we're putting it through a system we're profiling these guys so we're not just going in there blind um you know we can prove what we're doing you know, with science. So Absolutely. that's really what's um, been, again, a, a learning experience because having to deal with kinematics and stuff I've never seen before and getting familiar with that has definitely been, um, like I said, a, a learning process. But once you get it and it makes sense, then the rest is easy. Yeah, I definitely want to get into how you all profile your athletes as far as their speed and agility and all the things that you guys assess. Um, what are some misconceptions that, you know, people may have about speed training? So I'll give you one. So at our facility, we have a lot of parents who believe that like after every single session, like their, their kids should just be like breathing out of control. They should be sweating like crazy. What are some other misconceptions uh, that, you, that you've come across from parents, sport coaches, other performance coaches, whoever it is that, that you've come across? Yeah, I mean, we get misconceptions all the time. Like, you know, you're going to be faster if you run on your toes. Um, speed is, uh, is genetic. And there's, there's truth to most of the misconceptions in some form. Um, but really, it comes down to you do get a lot of parents saying like, oh, well, uh, you know, my kid didn't get faster in one training session or, oh, my kid's faster than that. Well, of course, you're going to think that your kid is faster than that. Um, not every session that you do has to be the hardest workout of their life. Um, we actually like kind of gauge our, our top speed days on that. We do drills that is going to still, um, focus on like the same posture and the same mechanics, but it's not going to be the energy expenditure that you are going to use on a hundred percent max out full sprint. Uh, that's kind of how we tailor our programming. And, you know, we work with NFL guys who are 
coming to us for one month before, you know, they have to hit mini camp and we change our program drastically from our first phase of off season to our second phase of off season, um, because the demands are just different, you know? Um, so it really is, you know, it dictates our programming a lot, but people are always going to have their ideas about speed and always going to think that, you know, they know, they know best. And I even say like some of our fastest guys come to us and their technique is terrible. And at a certain point as a coach and a trainer and seeing it long enough, there's some things you can't fix everything. And, you know, if you got a guy running 24 miles an hour and they're technically doing something a little bit off, then you might be doing more harm than good. So, you know, there's, there's, certain things that you just got to look out for and you got to kind of know your place and know where they need to be and know what they need to work on without taking back any progress that they've already made by hitting 24 miles an hour. Yeah, that's spot on for sure. Uh, so if you were to give me like a, like a snapshot of your like coaching or training philosophy, um, if someone asks you like, Hey, what exactly do you do? And you're describing it to them kind of, how do you describe it to them? One, um, yeah. I mean, how do you describe it to them? So I would say I'm a speed and performance coach. Um, you know, we're, we have recently in the last year launched our online programming and platform and ranking system called universal speed rating. So we have taken <laughs> some of the work out of it, hopefully for us to make it scalable so that people can train with us who can't make it to Southern California. Um, that's kind of why we launched it. We were in COVID and we were like, fields are closed, facilities are closed. What are we going to do? So, you know, we have to, again, work smarter, not harder and make it make sense for everybody. So we really, again, we, we do basics. We really focus on hips. We focus on projection. We focus on, you know, hitting right down under the hips. We use great, you know, philosophy and principles that have been used forever, but again, just kind of make it our own and based off of new data and new research and, you know, just kind of perfecting those things and seeing what works and what doesn't, you know, we have, we've changed our programming a million times between when we started and versus now, like I said, when, when we were, for example, when we were back in, at combine time, January and February, we had a whole program laid out that didn't end up going to plan at all because we we programmed similarly for quarterbacks and skilled guys as we did for 350 pound O-linemen. So, you know, it's it, it changes. And um, granted, we have such smart people, Les, JP, Dylan, me that, you know, know enough where we can see something in front of us and adjust it right there. Um, and then, like I said, our, our kinematics team and, and our data team works endlessly to make sure that we know exactly where everybody is deficient in. And, you know, we get those reports and we get those profiles and we're able to bucket them according to, you know, their, their needs. So for your like on field, uh, your court sports, when you're looking, you know, you have an eight or 12 week block, how are you programming? Is it like, you know, four week phases or are you focusing on like, you know, day one is linear speed, day two is a uh, change of direction and then three and day three is multi-directional movement or are you focusing on kind of on one at a time? How do you, how do you divvy that up or how do you look at that? Yeah. So we, we definitely do phases again, it kind of depends on the sport and like their season. So if they're in season versus off season, that's going to change things. Um, but like, if I'm looking at a week at a time and say, I'm saying, seeing these kids twice a week, for example, then uh -huh. we're going to probably focus one day on acceleration, one day on max velocity to hit both of those. 
um, but hit both of those targets in the same week. If I see them once a week, I'm going to make it a hybrid of both. Um, and if I see them three times, then yeah, sure, I'll probably do uh, an acceleration, a change of direction slash decel tempo day, and then a max velocity day. Okay. And so for, for people that I get this question all the time is people think that change of direction and agility are the same thing. How do you differ, differentiate those two things um, to kind of fit the person in front of you's needs? Uh, similarly, but change of direction, we've actually, and I can credit Les and JPP for this, but they've really dove deep recently into decel and change of direction. And um, if anybody is listening and fo doesn't follow Javon Pinnock, he's the one to to definitely listen to on this because he's been, has a course coming out soon on this as well. But um, you can add those change of direction stimulus into other days. You know, we don't, mm -hmm. We know that you have an allotted time. I mean, we, we just went to U of A and we're talking to their staff and we're just trying to feel out like, hey, how how long do you have for speed in a day? You know, and, and a lot of them have maybe 30 minutes. So if you know, you know, that you have goals that you've got to hit that day, you can add that into like a tempo day and make it instead of just a linear tempo day, put it, you know, on a field and make it a box tempo. And, you know, there's, there's plenty of ways to incorporate that in, but change of direction is so important. And decel is so important to um, all these sports, really, you know, if you think of most sports, you're gonna, you're gonna have to slow down and, and get out of that position at some point. So we need to make sure that they're prepared so that they're not just getting faster in one training session, right? They're actually applying something that they're going to use in their sport and in their game. How much, how much do you, uh, time do you think uh, do you plan for deceleration compared to acceleration or is it, is it about 50, 50? Do you teach, you know, uh, what, what does the ratio look like on that? Um, we'll probably do a, a little bit less, but we still want to be short. Like I said, if we're going to add that into like a tempo day or um, a max velocity day, even, you know, we'll allow enough time for that. So say we have an hour and a half, you know, we can spend 30 minutes or so on decel and change of direction to just, like I said, get that exposure so that it's not, you know, we can add it into their allowed, allowed yardage for the day without, um, you know, going over too much. Yeah. Great. Uh, so being a female in this industry is not easy. And you and I talked about it earlier and I, I'm sure you've, you've had your, your share of struggles. Uh, what, what are some of those struggles that you've had kind of growing in this industry and, and then on top of that, what, what kind of solutions or would you, what pieces of advice would you give someone, um, a young female coach that wants to be in this game for the long, the long haul, uh, that may feel the way you felt at that time? Uh, yeah, it, don't get discouraged and you will. Um, I have, like I said, I've gotten it wrong so many times. Um, I have failed a lot and I have had a lot of doubts in myself. Um, but I've finally come across a team where they're going to tell me when I'm wrong. Right. And they're going to uh, put me up when I'm up and you need that. So I would really say having a supportive team and having people that really do believe in you, um, is key. I have been around plenty of people that maybe didn't believe in me or didn't respect me. And that's another struggle, whether that's other coaches or athletes that might not buy in right away or at all. I, and, and like I said, I don't take offense to those kind of things because I understand. I, I don't, it's still taboo for women to be 
the only female on the field, you know, that I still run into that almost every day, unless, you know, maybe we have, um, another younger athlete or, or somebody else that's working with us. I'm, I'm usually the only girl on the field and I enjoy that because I thrive in those situations. Um, but it is, it, it is a process. And I think that most of the questions that I get from women are, how did you do it? Or how do you get these athletes to trust you? And that process looks different for everybody. And I have a decent ability to read the room, I would say. I, you know, can gauge where an athlete's at. I can check in with their mood and and I can tap into like that emotional side if they don't want to talk and they just want to work. I can I can recognize that early on and kind of adapt to that where I can, you know, some guys walk up and they put their head down, say what's up and get to work. Other guys, you know, want to dance and laugh and vibe and and Mm -hmm. chill out and and I can know the difference and I respect that. So I would say that the best buy-in process is being yourself. Um, I talk to my players the same way I talk to my coaches, the same way I talk to my family Um, and athletes specifically can really recognize that in people they've seen and been around enough people been around enough performance teams and yeah they can call out bs pretty quick yeah they can and and that's that's a good thing on their end Uh and it's a it's a better thing for me because i don't change that doesn't like no matter what if you respect me or don't or if you support me or don't that's not going to change how i work that's not going to change me as a coach or me as a trainer Um, i'm still going to do the same work either way so if you respect me, you you do. If you support me, you do. And, you know, I'm not going to beg for that. Um, I used to get so down and be like, oh, like I can tell they don't respect me or I can tell they don't trust in me. Um, and that's just because I wasn't confident. You know, it, it, it comes with a huge confidence factor. And now I have, like I said, gotten it wrong so many times that I do feel confident in my abilities when I'm out there. So uh, like I said, being authentic and telling the truth and having a good product is really the best buying process that there could be. Is there a moment that kind of sticks out in your mind of a time where, yeah, you didn't feel adequate. You didn't feel enough and kind of how you got yourself out of that, that mental rut. Every day, (laughs) you know, honestly, um, there's moments of every day where I'm like, Oh, like, is this right? Am I doing this right? Um, you know, so, so that, I don't think that changes for me at least. Um, until how how do you, how do you pick yourself up? Even if it's small things, uh, confidence, like I said, Uh confidence. I, I, I do trust in my abilities now. And there was a time when I was first starting out that I didn't, and people could see that. I talked to some of my players that have been, you know, with me for a couple of years now. And they're like, it's just worlds of difference. It's worlds of difference between, draft prep three years ago versus now, you know, my role has changed. Um, I have inserted myself in, you know, topics and conversations and places where, you know, maybe I wasn't invited, but I asked the right questions and they could tell I wanted to learn. So they respected that about me, or I have stayed down so long, um, that, you know, it's, it's hard not to respect it at this point there. Like I said, there's been countless amounts of times where I just doubted myself or I, or I was like, is this right? Like, do they respect me? But 
I can't let that deter me because there is people that support me. There's an overwhelming wave of support that I get. So I can't worry about the people that might think I'm doing something wrong because that's just going to take my confidence down in front of the people that I'm doing something right in front of. Spot on. Spot on. Uh, so yeah, tell me about your your uh, products that you have, your digital products. I know you've you've come out with some good stuff uh, online, especially. I actually uh, had to cop that the the bands uh, program today, and I, I got to look over it. And it's awesome. I think it's a, a great little crash course for a lot of performance coaches, especially people kind of new in the industry. Just it gives some solid nuggets. Tell us a little bit about how you put that together, because um, I, I thought you did a great job. Thank you so much. I appreciate that so much. Um, I just, I, I take my messages and the questions that I get and I'm like, okay, how can I apply this to the widest audience? So I wanted to, I came out with a free resource a couple of weeks back on just five, you know, keys to recovery. It's just basic free downloadable. You know, I just wanted to put something out um, and just gauge the audience. And then I received so much feedback on that and took all the questions that I got from that. And I'm like, okay, people really, really, um, want to learn about acceleration and what's something that I can put out that is easy and accessible. Um, and bands are easy. They're accessible. They're, mm-hmm. you know, you don't have to bring out sleds. You don't have to have a 1080. You can, you know, you can get that same exposure with, Uh, just a a simple band that most people already have. So I wanted to, again, put out something that I was getting feedback on and I was getting a lot of questions on and I just wanted to make it simple. So I did five videos, five drills. I tried to have one of my middle school athletes do it. So it wasn't one of my pros. I could get a couple of bad reps in there and be able to cue them a little bit. Um, because you never know the skill level of who is buying this course. So I wanted to make sure that I'm, you know, appealing to all audience, whether that's coaches or athletes, I want you to see a good rep and a bad rep and Mm -hmm. know what they look like and know what the difference is. Um, so that's really kind of how I put it together. And the feedback has been amazing on that. So I am going to probably release a a course in the coming months too. So hopefully that can be a little bit more of an in-depth dive and answer a couple more questions that people seem to have. Yeah, absolutely. Super affordable. I mean, ten dollars. It's. I mean, free game. It, it's yeah. It is free game. It really, really is. Um, any last words for any uh, you know future female coaches? Any last pieces of advice that you'd give? Um, stay down. Stay down. Stay down. Yeah, it's find the right people. Um, you will fail you will be discouraged. Um, you gotta, you gotta fail often. You really have to fail often to learn. You have to fail a lot. You have to fail hard. I failed hard. You know, I have circled backwards and worked backwards until it made sense. You know, I just, I failed and I failed and I failed, but I kept on failing forward. You know, I kept on taking whatever I missed and whatever didn't work and figuring out, you know, what can I do to make that piece better? And now I've just kind of added all those pieces together and, you know, starting to work. I'm still not exactly where I want to be, of course, but I've, I've, I'm grateful for the tribulations that I've had to go through in all these times, because it wouldn't have brought me to any of these positions. Like, you know, if I wouldn't have 
worked in physical therapy first and then, you know, worked in an unhealthy work environment, I wouldn't have met less and I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing right now. So all those failures just, you know, kind of prepared me and I've had to become a lot more, I wouldn't say hard, but, um, used to failing because that's okay. It's good to fail. It's good to learn. It's good to grow from those experiences. So failing um, forward, I think that's going to be the the episode name. That's perfect. Yeah. That's perfect. Yeah. Uh, yeah. For people that want to ask you more and, and, uh, definitely get that, that digital program. How can people contact you? Is it best through email, social media? What's the best way to get a, a hold of you? Yeah. So most, most of my, um, contact comes from Instagram. So my Instagram is at CC Murray underscore that also, you know, you have the option to email me from there. Um, I try my best to get to messages on there because I do feel like it's the most accessible, easiest way of communication. So, um, Twitter at CC Murray, all those are all good. Um, you know, we're in such a day and age of social media. So to take advantage of that is, is, is key. So I'm active on social media. Like I said, I I put out videos every single day, multiple times a day. Um, my team does. So Les does JP, we have a Spellman performance HQ page, which is also super helpful. And then, like I said, universal speed rating. So there's five platforms pretty much that we're, like I said, we're, we're spitting out free game all day. So, um, definitely good resources. And then, like I said, my new course is, is a great way to just get a start on if you are interested in speed or if you don't know where to start, or if you, you know, have deficiencies in, in, in acceleration and just want to learn, then that's pretty, pretty key for you guys. Awesome. Coach, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. We'll have to, we'll we'll definitely link up again without a doubt. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Absolutely.